Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Born in the Rockies, Coors Light is lagered cold for a crisp, clean taste. Filtered cold to ensure clarity and brightness. And packaged cold for peak refreshment. Because those who thirst for more deserve the world's most refreshing beer. Welcome into the Bulls Talk podcast presented by Coors Light. I'm Mark Shanowski, and it's my pleasure to be joined by Darnell Mayberry, the outstanding Bulls beat reporter for The Athletic. Darnell, it's been a tough start of the season for Fred Horberg and the Bulls. The, all the injuries really put him behind the eight ball, and now it seems like team, the guys are maybe feeling sorry for themselves a little bit. But there, there are reinforcements on the way. Lowry Markinen is back practicing, and, and it won't be long before we'll get Bobby Portis and Chris Dunn back as well. This team probably could have been in a position where they'd be around 500 on the fringes of the playoff race if everyone was healthy. Do you think that when we get everybody back in mid-December, we'll see a dramatic turn in the fortunes for this squad? Dramatic is a strong word. Yeah. I do think you will see a turn in the fortunes. Uh, you know, this team's still going to have to, you know, so many guys are going to have to get their legs in shape. They're going to have to get their, their conditioning back and, and really figure out how to play together. What is it, 255 minutes that Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, and Larry Mark? together uh you know with the Bulls so I, I just I, I don't see it happening overnight I think it's going to take some time because you still got a lot to, to implement and work on and, and try to uh, establish some, some cohesiveness and some chemistry but it's no doubt that the Bulls will be a lot more competitive when these guys return to the lineup uh, you know for the most part they've been competitive without them it's only against the the, the game's elite teams that they're getting blown out. And, you know, that's Golden State, where they give up 92 points and a half, Boston on the road, Milwaukee on the road, and then at home against Toronto. Granted, they didn't have almost half their team, you know, including Ka- Kawhi Leonard, but, you know, they didn't, the Bulls didn't have Zach Levine. So it's really only the, the, the elite in both conferences that they're just not really competing against. And uh, that's understandable when you're throwing out Ryan Archidiakono and Shaquille Harrison and Antonio Blankman. You know, those type of Well, let's start with the news of the week. Denzel Valentine is going to need ankle surgery to try to stabilize the ligaments in that ankle. It's caused some problems ever really since he's become a professional player. He sounded very optimistic when he met with reporters Tuesday at the Advocate Center that this is going to take the fear of the ankle being injured again out of his mind, and he feels like after the rehab process, he's going to be a different player. I know it's it's great for an adi- for an athlete to take that kind of positive attitude, but you know, until he can get back out there and prove it, you know, he's going to be a big question mark going forward. Yeah, the Bulls got an interesting situation now on their hands with Denzel Valentine. They really value him. They like his leadership. They like his versatility. But if he can't stay healthy, he can't stay in the lineup, you know, how much are you willing to commit to him? And, and it's going to be interesting to see what they do going forward uh, as Denzel Valentine nears his contract extension eligibility, whether or not they want to keep him and continue to try to develop him or whether they're going to allow him to move on and try to get a fresh start somewhere else. 
You mentioned to me that Lowry Markkinen uh, is doing a little bit of work right now at the Advocate Center, and, and Fred Hoiberg has had, a, had an update on him. Does that mean that Lowry could be back in a week or two, or you think it's still going to drag on into mid-December? Yeah, Fred said that, that they were going to give him Tuesday uh, as one more non-contact day, and, and by Wednesday shoot-around before playing the Phoenix Suns, or, or maybe even Thursday. Well, they're probably going to take Thursday off for Thanksgiving, you would think, but uh, you know, maybe the next practice after Tuesday's, uh, maybe he can go full contact or, or, in fact, go to the Windy and try to get some, some full contact practices in there. So I do think he's inching closer to a return. Uh, I can't put a timeline or a time frame on it, but it does sound like he's getting closer and closer. Fred Hoiberg has tried his best to keep a positive attitude through this, you know, saying it's all about player development and trying to demand that the team plays hard for 48 minutes. But we've seen some drop-off in recent games where once the deficit got to the point where they knew they couldn't win the game, guys kind of hung their heads and, and things snowballed against him. What can Fred and, and the coaching staff do to try to keep morale up and try to make sure these guys are focused on doing their best every night out, even, even in games where the odds are stacked against them? I'm not sure there's much that, that can be done. I mean, it's Fred's job, obviously, to figure something out, and, and that's why he's paid quite handsomely. But you've got so many guys who are in Stringer's rookies, you know, G League players out there playing major minutes that, frankly, they shouldn't be playing if the injuries weren't a factor. So, uh, you know, I think they just got to keep preaching to do the same things that, that they've been trying to do all season of going out and being the hardest-playing team every night. You're right. Some nights it hasn't been that way, but for the most part, they've bounced back after after bad performances and, and really played well uh, or, or played hard, given good effort more often than not. So they just got to continue to try to do that and hang on until you guys get back. Your Bulls, your way, anywhere, anytime. Download the My Teams app by NBC Sports. Stream games and get the best Bulls coverage in Chicago at your fingertips. Download the My Teams app today. Zach Levine, as you mentioned, didn't play in the game against Toronto on Saturday, and he said he probably should have sat out the game the previous night in Milwaukee because he was feeling under the weather. I'm sure part of it is he's legitimately sick, but he's also trying to have the burden of carrying the offense on his shoulders. Where's Zach at mentally right now? He's Well, he is sick. He, there's no doubt about that, but he's also carrying a, a lot on his shoulders as well, as you pointed out. Uh, I looked up his percentages, his usage percentages the other day, and he was third in the league behind James Harden and Russell Westbrook. In the fourth quarter, he was leading the league in usage percentage. So that shows you how much he's doing and how much he's, he's being asked to do. Uh, it's not like he's going out there and forcing it, but he, he is doing, I think, a little more than he should have to do for this team right now. Um, but, but he needs some help, and he needs either Chris Dunn, Laurie Markkinen, or Bobby Portis to come back in a hurry. The Bulls were hoping that Jabari Parker, during all these injuries, would emerge as a consistent second-scoring option, and he's gotten off to great starts in games, but he hasn't been able to sustain it. What are you seeing of the difference in Jabari from one half to another? You know, when he plays with a pep in his step and, 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 and he's engaged and he's, he's got energy, good energy, you know, he's uh, – he, he's really effective at what he's able to do, scoring the basketball and rebounding and pushing it, getting some teammates involved. But, you know, when he doesn't come out with that energy, uh, he seems to get down on himself. He seems to, you know, when he misses shots, he, he seems to not get back on defense and not give great effort in other areas of the game. So 
but it is interesting, though, Mark, because even when he makes shots, like you said, to start the game, it dries up sometimes on him uh, faster than you would think that someone who has 14 points in the first quarter uh, and then I mean, maybe two for the rest of the game, he's just not used to seeing that. So uh, I'm really surprised by Jabari Parker's uh, overall inconsistency. Uh, you know, I didn't expect to see that, but um, you know, I think he could just impact the game in, in many ways when he's engaged and he brings energy. When he doesn't is when I think it looks pretty bad out there. Bulls thought they might have had something in terms of an instant option for scoring off the uh, bench with Antonio Blakeney, but he's really struggled lately. Is it is it just a question now that he's on the scouting report and teams are paying more attention to him or just a, a fluctuation in a, in a young player's game? I think it's a little bit of both, but, but the fluctuation I think is important. It's a, it's a good observation by you, Mark, because you know he's never been in this position before. Uh, you know We always talk about the rookie wall, and you're not going to hit a rookie wall 17 games into the season, but he's also playing more than he's been asked to play before in his career. So, uh, you know, defenses are understanding that he is a guy who can score the basketball. I think that, that that's starting to circulate throughout the league. And then also the fact that he's got to get used to being able to go out there and do it consistently, which is the struggle for most young players, and he's no different. We've heard a lot from Wendell Carter Jr. in recent uh, games and post-game interview sessions where he's almost emerged at 19 years old as the conscience of the team, talking about the team separating, uh, not pulling together when adversity hits, and a voice hasn't emerged as a leader. Boy, that's got to be a lot to ask for a 19-year-old kid to be uh, one of the leaders on this team, but I guess that's an indication of where the team is at in terms of its roster composition. Yeah, and it's also a little alarming that the youngest player on the team is the most eloquent in expressing what's going wrong right now and, and where this team is, where this, where the, where this roster is, and, and what needs to happen in order for them to fix it. Uh, you know, it's admirable that Wendell Carter Jr. can, can diagnose the issue and, and, and deliver or express his feelings so clearly and, and, and maturely, but it's also a little unsettling that you're not hearing the same types of comments from the veterans on the team and you can go down the list all of them we know who they are so um i'd like to see more of the veterans step up and and show that same type of passion that we're seeing out of a 19 year old rookie yeah it's kind of a weird situation now where they only really have two established vets and in, in robin lopez and justin holiday rollo's kind of caught in between right now because he doesn't have a, a meaningful role in the rotation holiday by nature hasn't been a really uh demonstrative guy in terms of his comments to the media and then Jabari has said next to nothing. So, you know, it, it's, it's a tough situation because I think right now you're looking at Zach Levine as, as a fifth-year player with the big contract. He's probably the, the de facto leader of the team, but I, I think Chris Dunn is more suited to that, and, of course, he's a few weeks away from returning. Yeah, it's, it's a weird spot for these guys to be in right now, but, you know, Zach is, is the second-highest-paid player. Jabari is the highest-paid player, and those guys are healthy and in the lineup. So, uh, you know, Jabari needs to take on more of a leadership role with his hometown team. You know, I know he wasn't happy about starting, but you know, he, he can come out there and, and give better effort and lead by example, if nothing else. Uh, you know, Zach Levine, same thing. I think he could use a little bit more of a leadership role and, and be more of a vocal leader and, and just say enough. You know, there's no reason for us to be getting our, our doors blown off in the second, third, and fourth quarters. Uh, and coming out after halftime, you got the great performance in the first half at Milwaukee, and then you come out and just get embarrassed in the second half. It just doesn't make sense. And I'd like to see 
some of the more established guys take on more ownership. Well, Darnell, I know that you hear from uh, your readers and people are, are starting to already talk about maybe the best thing for the Bulls is just go ahead and have another season where you're playing for draft lottery position and hope to get one of those Duke players in, in next year's draft. My position is kind of like, you know, we're too early into this thing. John Paxson said on media day this was not going to be a season for, you know, playing for draft lottery status. They were going to play this out straight. Do you think there is kind of a point where it may go the other way? It could. You know, if, if, there, if there is, God forbid, another setback to Larry Markkinen or a setback to Chris Dunn and or Bobby Portis, you know, those guys could realistically hold them out strategically and also just cautiously to make sure that they don't re-injure themselves or, 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 or do any more damage, uh, put themselves at any further risk of additional damage. So uh, if, they, if they decide to hold those guys out any longer, yeah, this, could, this thing could get ugly. Uh, what were they, 3-20 and 20 last year or 4-13 and 13 now, and the schedule is not going to get any easier. So um, it, it, it's tough sledding right now, and they're just trying to hold on. Uh, and even in the close games, you're seeing the margin of error is not very high uh, for these guys. So, so they, almost everything has to go right for them to establish some wins. And if they don't, they're going to be right back in the in the thick of it. Okay. Well, I, I think we all realize that Lowry Marketing is one of the foundation pieces. Uh, he and Zach are going to be the faces of the franchise probably going forward. But it's really important for the franchise over the last four months or so of this season. They need to know what they have in Chris Dunn. And they need to know whether Bobby Portis is worth the money that he and his agent are going to be asking next summer. In the case of Dunn, you know, if they decide that he's not the answer at point guard, they could take the cap room they have and maybe make a bid after a guy like Kemba Walker, who's leading, you know, kind of lighting the league on fire these days. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Mark. I, I love the idea of trying to go out and get an established veteran point guard. Um, you know, that's that could be what could really send this team over the top and, and, and put them in contention, uh, not just for the playoffs, but depending on the caliber of player, maybe even, you know, East Finals and, and, and NBA Finals. So, um, you know, I love the core. I, we've talked about this in the past with, with Zach Levine, Laurie Markkinen, and now Wendell Carter Jr. I think you got a, a nice three-headed monster that, that's going to develop and, and get better in time. You need a small forward and you need a point guard. I'm not sure, Chris, I, I, as much as I love Chris Dunn, he's got to learn how to shoot. Uh, and on this team, with, with Zach needing the ball in his hands a fair amount and Laurie needing the ball in his shot attempts a fair amount, Chris Dunn's got to learn to shoot the basketball and he can't just stand in the corner and be a non-threat. So uh, if they can get a point guard in here, he'll come in, come in and, and be a Kimber Walker type where everything could go through him. I would love, I would love to see a deal like that. Yeah, but why not Kemba? I mean, he's played in Charlotte for his whole career. He's a guy that uh, led Connecticut to a championship. He's plays at his best with the game on the line. It seems in, the, in late and close games, he's going to be a guy that may not be the most sought-after free agent, but might be a guy that would be interested in going to a big market like Chicago. You think that might be something that could be a realistic target for the Bulls next summer? You know, my only reservation with Kimba, Mark, is that I've never, I haven't seen him do it on the big stage yet. Uh, and, and maybe that's unfair to him. Maybe he hasn't had the, the structure or infrastructure around him to be able to get there. I don't know. But it would give me some pause to, for, to see the Bulls go out there and make a move like that and not necessarily have a guy 
or not be sure that you have a guy who's going to get you deep into the playoffs year after year. If you're just going to go out there and get a guy who's going to make you better but then also keep you around 44, 45 wins, I'm not sure that that's going to help you all that much. And Kemba, to me, just because I haven't – I'm not questioning his talent. I know how talented he is. I just haven't seen him do it on the big stage yet. Uh, and, again, that might not be fair to him, but that's what, that's what would slow me up from making a move like that, for Kemba specifically. You're listening to the Bulls Talk podcast. Mark Shanowski joined by Darnell Mayberry, the outstanding Bulls beat writer for The Athletic. Since we're talking about what-ifs, we've heard the reports this week that everybody's available for the Washington Wizards, including their all-star point guard, John Wall, who's 28 years old now, who's been in the league for quite a while. But when you look at that contract, you know, <laughs> averages about $40 million a season, I would have to think that would be too rich for the Bulls' blood, especially since the Wizards would be asking for a Markkanen or a Carter as the start of any trade package. Could you, could you, could you unload Jabari Parker on him by any chance, you think? Well, that's a thought. I mean, if you could construct a package around Jabari and Robin Lopez and a draft pick, I mean, you could consider that. But, you know, $40 million a season, that pretty much ties your hands into really any kind of moves going forward. Well, that's just it. And that might be one of the ways that the Bulls can get him for pennies on the dollar. If the Wizards are so, uh, you know, fed up with it and the situation and, and the mix that they just want to wash their hands with it and get off of that money, Maybe you can get a steal and take a gamble or, or take a big swing at it and, and try to get a, a John Wall, all-NBA caliber point guard in here. I agree with you that the contract is an albatross and it's only going to get worse, especially if John Wall doesn't turn it around and figure out how to perform better. He hasn't been that great consistently this season, so uh, it would be a big risk. But here is my, my counter to that, Mark, and this is you've already got Levine, Markin, and, and Carter in place you know that you're going to be able to pay those guys because they're, you, know, you drafted them, they're going to come up on their rookie-scale contract. Now is the time, to me, to go out there and get that high-dollar contract and, and add it to your current mix so that you don't have to pay. You're not going to be able to pay that in free agency. And at a certain point, you're not going to be able to continue to bottom out in the draft every year. So the John Wall contract, while an albatross, I do think it is the type of deal that the, that the Bulls should be looking to make, trying to get a, a, a high-dollar, a high-talented player in here uh, and, and take advantage of some of the assets that they have and maybe another team's misfortune. Yeah, I think over the next two months, we may see some possibilities emerge for the Bulls to make a really you know, proactive trade, a forward-thinking kind of move, because with Golden State showing some signs of vulnerability, granted without Steph Curry in the lineup, Houston is kind of struggling to find their identity. I think there's a lot of these teams in the middle that are thinking, you know, maybe we can, we can make a move and, and really jump ourselves into at least contention to make a conference finals. I think there could be a very active trade market coming up in late December throughout the month of January. What do you think? I agree. Uh, you're seeing teams refuse to settle. Um, you know, they're coming after the Warriors, and, they, and they've tried to do it now for the last two seasons. And, uh, they're not going to just let the Warriors try to run away with it. Teams are making moves, and, and there are moves to be had uh, on the fringe of those, of those big blockbuster moves. So uh, I think the Bulls could easily attach themselves to either a, a blockbuster move or you know, one of the things on the outskirts that we always see. So uh, it's just up to the front office to be creative, and, and the question is can they be creative 
enough to try to get something in here and, and use some of the assets that they have while they still have them before these other contracts kick in. The Bulls are going to be traveling to Minnesota on Saturday. What's your read on Tom Thibodeau's future there? You think the, the writing's already on the wall that he'll be dismissed at the end of the year no matter what happens, or do you think another playoff appearance might be enough to persuade the owner, Glenn Taylor, to stick with Tibbs? Yeah, the old phrase, winning cures all, or winning cures everything. You know, if they continue to win, uh, you know, which they've been inconsistent with so far throughout this season, um, I think everything will be fine. Uh, but if they don't win, yeah, I think the writing's on the wall. But it, it, Tom, Tom Thibodeau with Robert Covington now and Dario Saric, they got to figure out a way to turn it around and get some consistency. Andrew Wiggins has got to play with more fire. Carl Anthony Towns has got to play more defense. Uh, and those guys have got to figure out how to play now without Jimmy Butler. It's as if they wanted him gone. So if they wanted him gone, now that he's gone, you know, it's up to them to step up and, and figure it out and, and get them get themselves back to the playoffs. Uh, and if they do that, I wouldn't I wouldn't write the end of Tom Thibodeau's chapter in Minnesota just yet. The Bulls will see the Miami Heat on Friday. Their point guard, the all-star Goran Dragic, has been out. I, I don't know if he's going to be available Friday. I think he might still be out of their lineup then. Pat Riley's always been the guy that says, I, I go big game hunting, but he's locked himself in with a lot of bad contracts. Do you see them adding Carmelo to Dwayne Wade and just mucking it up some more, or, or is Riles going to make one more try to, to try to get rid of some of those contracts and start over? Yeah, I don't see the point in adding Melo. I mean, maybe you do it as a favor to Wade and his last hurrah, but uh, you know that team's not going anywhere uh, in a major way, at least. And um, you know, Carmelo's not going to help you attract another free agent, uh, a, a big name free agent. So I could see the, um, I could understand the, the desire, according to the reports that they had interest in Jimmy Butler. He would help you attract another free agent down the line. Carmelo's not going to do that. And I think the only reason for the Heat to do something like that would be as a uh, favor to Dwayne Wade uh, in his in his swan song. So um, it's going to be interesting though, to know to see where Carmelo ends up because I do think he can still help the team. It's just a matter of finding the right team. Yeah, Riles outsmarted the league back in 2010 when he maneuvered to get those three big-time free agents that bought him two championships. But now. Good luck trying to find takers for those contracts of Tyler Johnson and James Johnson and Kelly Olynyk and Deion Waiters and all the rest. Their camp cap situation is pretty murky. So I guess for Bulls fans, as we circle it back to wrap things up, that's the plus. I mean, they do have the cap flexibility they always talk about, and, and I think you and I are kind of in agreement that maybe there's an opportunity coming up in the next few months that, that most of the fans really aren't even considering right now. Yeah, I think people's heads will explode if they go out there and get John Wall, who's owed forty something million dollars <laughs> in, in the next three years. It, it would be insane, and it's not the type of move you're 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 accustomed to seeing the Bulls make. But I mean, it might be what it's going to take for them to be able to compete with. Now you've got Toronto, Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia. I mean, you you, you could be a really good team in the East and be the fifth best team. So. They've got their work cut out, and those are all really good teams that aren't very old. You know, they're not old veteran teams. So they could be in position to compete in the East, those four teams, for years to come. And if the Bulls want to catch them, it might take a big, bold move like that. And, uh, you know, I'm curious to see whether or not they have it in them or if they're just going to try to continue to build through the draft and, and get lucky. But I do think this is going to be their last year picking in the top 10. I mean, they've got too much talent on this team to continually be a high lottery team. So at some point, they're going to have to swing big on a trade or, or, or try to do something in free agency.
So for all you Bulls fans wondering uh, what's there to watch for in the upcoming weeks, there's a lot at stake in terms of futures of a lot of the players on the roster and what's going on around the league. Lowry Markkinen should be back in a couple of weeks or so, followed closely thereafter by Bobby Portis and Chris Dunn, both Portis and Dunn really playing for their futures with the team. So a lot to watch over the next couple of months heading up to the February trade deadline. Darnell, thank you so much for joining us. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, and I look forward to seeing you at the United Center. All right. Thanks, Mark. That is Darnell Mayberry. Remember, you can find all of our Bulls Talk podcasts presented by Coors Light at NBCSportsChicago.com slash podcast. You also listen and subscribe at Stitcher, Apple, and Google Play. So long, everybody. Have a great holiday. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm-mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.